sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast equipment rentals in Brooklyn, New York. JMRNY.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend. I'm Jason Godby, here to kick off our first episode of 2024 with some No Rest for the Weekend news. Later on in the program, we're going to be taking a look at some movie releases uh, here in 2024. But first, we got an update on some upcoming film festivals, starting with the Sundance Film Festival. The 40th edition of the Sundance Film Festival will take place from January 18th to the 28th. The event will be presented in person along with a robust selection of films available online. Once again, artists and fans from all over the world will gather in Park City, Utah to celebrate film. The festival has announced over 80 films, eight episodic titles, and a new Frontier interactive experience. Among those projects premiering at the festival are A Different Man, starring Sebastian Stan, the documentaries Devo, about the band of the same name, Luther Never Too Much, about the famed singer Luther Vandross, and Superman, the Christopher Reeve story, an intimate portrait of the celebrated actor and Superman star. Will and Harper is a documentary about Will Farrell and his close friend of 30 years, Harper Steele, who has recently come out as a trans woman. The documentary follows the two as they take a cross-country road trip. Also featured at the festival will be A Real Pain, which marks the directorial debut of Jesse Eisenberg, who stars alongside Kieran Culkin and Will Sharp, and Richard Linklater's latest film, Hitman starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona. Now, I had the opportunity to see Hitman at the New York Film Festival last year, but we didn't get to include it in the episode because we ran over time. So, to give you a preview, here's my review of Hitman. Next film on my list is Hitman. This film was really interesting. It's Richard Linklater directed it. It's inspired by the true story that will sort of loosely based on the true story of this guy called Gary Johnson. And he's like this average guy. He is a professor, he's a college professor, who I think he's teaching Jungian psych. And, you know, he's teaching about like the self and things like that. And the whole movie is sort of a journey of discovering this the self and, and sort of becoming the self that you imagine yourself to be. But it's really funny. It's dark dark comedy. So the whole premise is he plays this teacher who moonlights for the uh, local police department as a, a, like a tech guy. He sits in the van while they run sting operations and runs like the sound equipment. And the sting operation is people are trying to hire a hitman. So they're trying to commit basically murder for hire as a conspiracy and the police send in a detective undercover, this guy you know who kind of you know plays the part of a hitman. And then when they try to hire him, they give him money, they arrest them. So uh, everything in Gary's life sort of turns upside down when the cop who originally plays the hitman for the police uh, gets suspended because he's been inappropriate. So he sort of at the last minute gets tossed into the role and then he like really gets into it. He becomes like this great actor. He's dressing up in costumes. He's getting, and and he's landing arrests left and right. 
He's just like uh, putting people away like crazy. And then when Ardria Arjona's character attempts to hire him for a job, he kind of sees that she really doesn't want to do it and he like talks her out of it. And then later she ends up calling him. They get together and sort of form this romance. And then, you know, all these different hijinks ensue. Uh, don't want to, again, don't want to give too, too much away. It's darkly funny. It's sexy. Uh, and the, the two leads have great chemistry. I think uh, both of them are giving movie star worthy performances. I think uh, Arjona is fantastic. Uh, she's like, just jumps off the screen at you. He has to play all these different characters. He's like doing different accents. He's putting on wigs and different costumes and stuff. So he really gets to show off his range and gets to be funny too. And, you know, it's, of course it's Linklater. So it's quirky as hell, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend it. This year, we hope to be covering some of the films from Sundance. So stay tuned for that. And for more information and a full program, visit festival.sundance.org. Also in January, we have Slamdance. This announcement comes to us via Variety. The 30th edition of Slamdance will take place in person in Park City and Salt Lake City, Utah, running from January 19th to the 25th, with online screenings being offered on the Slamdance channel from the 22nd to the 28th. The complete 2024 lineup will include 32 features, 75 shorts, and five episodic titles. The opening night feature will be Oscar winner Carol Dysinger's documentary One Bullet, and the closing night feature is Vanessa Hope's Invisible Nation, which explores the political landscape of Taiwan. Some of the narrative features to screen include Omar S. Kamara's African Giants, Ben Dean and Rashid Stevens' All I've Got and Then Some, and Antonis Sonis's Brando with the Glass Eye. Two of the documentaries on the lineup include Daniel Robbins' Citizen Weeder and Hadley Austin's Demon Mineral. Festival director Taylor Miller had this to say about this year's fest. Our 2024 Slamdance lineup is a testament to filmmakers who dare to push their stories to the very edge of filmmaking, making it deeply personal yet globally resonant. Their raw passion and risk-taking echo our commitment to exploring uncharted territories of cinematic expression. This year, we proudly host the most inclusive and accessible festival we've ever had. For more information, visit slamdance.com festival. Looking overseas to Germany, the Berlin International Film Festival will run from February 15th to the 25th. Now in its 74th year, it has been one of the premier international film festivals in Europe. According to their website, the festival was created for the Berlin public in 1951 at the beginning of the Cold War as a showcase of the free world shaped by the turbulent post-war period and the unique situation of a divided city. The Berlinale has developed into a place of intercultural exchange and a platform for critical cinematic exploration and social issues. To this day, it is considered to be the most political of all major film festivals. Now, we don't have much in terms of lineup, but for more information, you can follow berlinale.de. Then running from March 8th to the 16th in Austin, Texas is South by Southwest. That program hasn't been announced yet, but we will have some updates for you, so just 
Follow our website, NoRestOfTheWeekendPodcast.com. And for more information, visit SXSW.com. In April, the Takawa Film Festival will run from April 18th to the 20th in Takawa, Oklahoma. Festival founder James Oxford stopped by the show in 2023 to talk about the film festival and what it was like to bring films to his hometown. How it really got started was, my God, almost 10 years ago, um, we had a short film that we were touring around film festivals with, and my parents had attended one of those at a festival in Oklahoma. And it really just kind of spurred that idea of what would it be like to have a film festival back in my hometown in Oklahoma. And so there came a time about five years ago when my mother was on the Chamber of Commerce in Tonkawa, and we decided that might be a great time to have the chamber kind of help us launch that event as an event through the chamber. And so that's kind of where how it got started. Um, we just thought it would be something unique and interesting for the town. There was nothing like it. There was nothing really like it in the area. Um, we definitely have film festivals in Oklahoma, but we're not anywhere near a large city. So we're hour and a half probably from the closest city that if you did want to attend a festival. So that's where we kind of, that's that's kind of where the idea started and that's where, why we chose that time to kind of kick it off. When you first started, you were doing, it was all shorts. Correct. Is it still all shorts or are you guys including features? I know it's still shorts. Still um, shorts. Yep, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to be in our minds smart about the festival and that we're growing it at a rate that the audience builds. So we don't want to extend it. You know, right now it's a two-day festival. Um, we don't want to extend that. And in order to really include features and then still have shorts in there and have time for it, you're probably going to have to at least go three or four days. And then two, you're going to have to have an audience that's going to show up, which has always been important for us because filmmakers are always at the center of it. And we want them to have this experience that they feel like, oh, this was worth coming for. And so we want them to be in a theater full of people watching their film. We don't want it to be them and two other people watching their film. And so if you start to include a lot more films and you don't have the audience for it, you just spread it out. And so then you have such few people and it just it, it changes the whole experience because, like I said, as filmmakers, we know what that's like. We know what it's like to set in an audience of you know, two or three hundred people watching our film and what that feels like. And then we know what it's like to be us and two of our friends <laughs> sitting in an empty theater watching our, our film. And it's just not the same. And so that's been important to us is is that that experience for the filmmaker, how that feels for them. So we definitely want to grow. We have plans to grow and expand, but not before we're ready. For updates, the festival website is Tonkawa Film Festival. Com. Now celebrating its 48th year, the Atlanta Film Festival will run from April 25th to May 5th in Atlanta, Georgia. According to the festival website, they are one of only two dozen Academy Award qualifying film festivals in the U.S., and they're the area's preeminent celebration of cinema. Atlanta Film Festival is one of the largest and longest-running festivals in the country, welcoming over 28,000 fans to discover hundreds of new independent international, animated, documentary, and short films selected from over 8,000 submissions from all over the world. For more information, visit atlantafilmfestival.com. In May, running from the 14th to the 25th, is the 77th edition of the Cannes Film Festival that will return to the French Riviera 
I wish I was there now. Last year's Palme d'Or winner was Anatomy of a Fall, which was directed by Justine Triette and starring Sandra Huller. Our man in Hollywood, William Hammond, he actually reviewed that film along with Fallen Leaves, which won the jury prize that year. You can find those reviews on his site, actuallypaid.com, and you can find out more about the Cannes Film Festival on their website, festival-cannes.com. We'll have more updates and film festival coverage coming up this year, but first, let's take a look at some upcoming movie releases. Coming up on February 14th, Swing into Valentine's Day with Madam Webb. This is the latest in the series of Spider-Man adjacent films from Sony. Dakota Johnson plays Cassandra Webb, a paramedic in Manhattan who may have clairvoyant abilities in this origin story. According to IMDb, she is forced to confront revelations about her past as she forges a relationship with three young women destined for powerful futures. If only they could survive the present. The film also stars Sidney Sweeney and Emma Roberts. I have to admit, I'm skeptical about this one. I haven't really been the biggest fan of the Sony Spidey spinoff universe or the SSU. I thought the first Venom film was pretty insane, and I really haven't bothered with the second. I attempted to watch Morbius uh, that was streaming online, but to be honest, I couldn't make it all the way through. But Sony owns these properties. Spider-Man is popular. The Venom films did well. So we're going to keep getting these. In fact, we're going to get two more this year, including Craven the Hunter, which stars Aaron Taylor Johnson and Russell Crowe. Taylor Johnson plays Sergei Cravenoff, a young Russian immigrant who is on a mission to prove he is the greatest hunter in the world. According to Rotten Tomatoes, Craven was originally set to appear sometime in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe, but that was discontinued. So now we're getting another origin story. According to the trailer, we see Craven get his powers through some magic lion's blood thing. Also in this film, he appears to be another anti-hero uh, who fights the evil doings of his father, who's played by Russell Crowe. This one's scheduled for August 30th. Then we've got, in November, an expected Venom sequel. This will be the third Venom film starring Tom Hardy. Also listed in the cast are Juno Temple of... Ted Lasso fame, and Chituel Ejiofor, my favorite actor name to say. According to IMDb, the first Venom film had an estimated budget of $100 million and grossed over $850 million worldwide. The sequel, Venom Let There Be Cartage, had an estimated budget of $110 million and grossed over $500 million worldwide. I think the first film did better than expected, and that's why we got the second film. I think the trend will continue, and the third film will probably make some money if the budget's not too bloated. But I don't know if we're getting a fourth one of these unless we somehow get Tom Holland Spider-Man into these movies. Which brings me to my next point, which is I don't think these SSU films really work, mainly because there's no Spider-Man in them. I think all these characters work better as villains when they have a Spider-Man to play off of, and they don't really work as the anti-heroes that Sony is trying to make them into. There's no word as to whether or not these characters will appear in the MCU, but it's interesting to see what Marvel will do with them. If anything, I know Tom Hardy appeared briefly in like an after credits of the last Spider-Man film, but that might be the only thing we see of him. But we'll see. I'm interested. I want to see what Kevin Feige and Marvel do with these characters, if anything at all. Are you going to go see Madam Web or Venom or Craven? Let me know. Tweet at us at BTR Productions. Uh, let us know which Spider-Man films you want to see, uh, if any, without Spider-Man. 
One film I am excited to see will be Dune Part 2. This is a continuation of Dune, which came out in 2021. It was released in theaters and on streaming at the same time. I suspect most people watched it at home, just like I did. I was hoping Warner Brothers would re-release Part 1 in theaters so that we could experience the film as the director Denis Villeneuve intended. But as of this taping, no such plans have been announced so far. Now, part two will continue the story of Paul Atreides as he unites with the Fremen to seek revenge against the Harkonnens who destroyed his family. Film will star Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Dave Bautista, and of course, Timothy Chalamet. And we're going to get the great Christopher Walken as the Emperor. That's the price of admission right there, in my opinion. I feel like Villeneuve really understands this material. He understands these characters. And I really feel like he's going to stick the landing. I hope he does. Dune Part 2 arrives in theaters March 1st. On March 29th, the Ghostbusters will return with Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Jason Reitman has handed over the directing reins to Gil Keenan for this one. Once again, Carrie Coon, McKenna Grace, Finn Wolfhard, and Paul Rudd will star. Kumel Nanjani and Patton Oswalt have also joined the cast. According to IMDb, the plot for this one, the Spangler family returns to where it all started, the iconic New York City firehouse, to team up with the original Ghostbusters who have developed a top-secret research lab to take busting ghosts to the next level. But when the discovery of an ancient artifact unleashes an evil force, Ghostbusters new and old must join forces to protect their home and save the world from a second ice age. This is a timely release, considering that 2024 marks the 40th anniversary of the release of the original Ghostbusters film. In April, the MonsterVerse continues with Godzilla x Kong, the new empire. I think that's how they're saying it, Godzilla x Kong, or is it Godzilla times Kong? According to IMDb, the new installment of the MonsterVerse puts the mighty Kong and fearsome Godzilla against a colossal, deadly threat hidden within our world, which threatens the existence of their species and our very own, as well as diving deep into the mysteries of Skull Island and beyond, delving straight into the origins of Hollow Earth. This film will explore the ancient Titan battle that brought man and monster together forever. This one stars Rebecca Hall and Dan Stevens as the humans who try not to get stepped on. I must admit, I haven't really been a huge MonsterVerse fan. I saw Kong Skull Island, and I thought that was a lot of fun. I love John C. Riley in that movie, but I haven't really been following the saga. But, you know, if you're a kaiju aficionado, you're in luck. Godzilla x Kong The New Empire comes to theaters April 12th. Then on April 26th, Zendaya stars with Josh O'Connor and Mike Faced in a drama about three young tennis players in a love triangle that starts when they were teenagers. They compete to win a Grand Slam tournament, but old rivalries reignite on and off the court. This one looks interesting. Other filmmakers have attempted to make tennis sexy. Not sure if it's ever worked. Uh, Zendaya is very popular. She's been on a tear lately. She's been in the Spider-Man movies and Dune and her own TV show. And now this. So uh, I'm curious to see if this film finds an audience. Diving into theaters this May is The Fall Guy, starring Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. This is based on the 80s television show of the same name, starring Lee Majors. 
uh, a.k.a. the $6 million man, a.k.a. the bionic man. For you uh, youngsters out there, just, just Wikipedia that one. Ask your parents. But, you know, Lee Majors owned TV in the 80s. According to IMDb, Ryan Gosling plays Colt Seavers, a stuntman who left the business a year earlier to focus on both his physical and mental health. He's drafted back in the service when a movie star goes missing, who's in a big-budget studio movie directed by his ex. It's directed by David Leach, uh, one of the masterminds behind John Wick, and the director of Atomic Blonde, Deadpool 2, and Bullet Train. It's interesting that this one got made. I don't know that anybody was really clamoring for a Fall Guy movie, but we're getting one. Ryan Gosling's last foray into the action genre, Gray Man, was okay. Uh, critics uh, were kind of underwhelmed by it, but audiences seem to like it. Uh, I have more hope for this one just because it's David Leach and uh, he knows action. So I'm curious to see it. You can catch The Fall Guy in theaters starting May 3rd. Then we have Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. This is the long-awaited prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Anya Taylor-Joy will star as the younger version of Furiosa. That's Charlize Theron's character from Fury Road. The film will also star Chris Hemsworth and is helmed by George Miller, the mastermind behind the Mad Max franchise, which started way back in 1981. Personally, I love Fury Road. I think it's an action masterpiece. It was nominated for Best Picture, so this movie has some big shoes to fill, but Miller hasn't disappointed yet. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, speeds in the theaters May 24th. Also on May 24th, we return to the Simeon world with The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. According to IMDb, many years after the reign of Caesar, a young ape goes on a journey that will lead him to question everything he's been taught about the past and making choices that will define a future for apes and humans alike. This looks to me like we're getting the future world that was the Charlton Heston universe, the original Planet of the Apes from 1968. It'll be interesting to see what new twists and turns are in store for this new version, kind of reminiscent of what they did with uh, Mark Wahlberg's version of Planet of the Apes when they did the remake with Tim Burton. But this looks to be more from the apes' perspective. I'll be interested to see what they do with this new version of the story. In June, Ballerina jetés into theaters, starring Ana de Armas. This is a spinoff of the John Wick franchise. Ana de Armas plays a young female assassin who seeks revenge against the people who killed her family. Len Wiseman is at the helm for this one. You'll remember him from the Underworld franchise and Live Free or Die Hard. He's got a great action track record. According to IMDb, Keanu Reeves, a.k.a. John Wick, will make an appearance. Not much else is known at this time, but we do have a release date for June 7th. Did you like Pixar's Inside Out? Well, if you did, you're in luck because we're about to get more. Inside Out 2 is coming to theaters on June 14th. This time we follow young Riley through her teenage years with new, exciting teenage emotions. Reprising their roles in the voice cast are Amy Poehler, Lewis Black, and Phyllis Smith. I liked the first one. I liked Inside Out. Not sure if it needs a sequel, but we're going to get one. But that's not all. That's not the only sequel slash prequel slash franchise film that's going to be in theaters this year. I've already mentioned a bunch, but also on the schedule, we have A Quiet Place 1 from the Quiet Place franchise, Despicable Me 4, Twisters, a sequel to the 90s hit Twister, Deadpool 3, Beetlejuice 2, Transformers 1, Joker Foley Ado, a sequel to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, Terrifier 3, Gladiator 2, 
Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and The Karate Kid 2024, another in the Karate Kid franchise. Do you want to see these films? Uh, Are you excited for them? If so, uh, please let us know what you want to see this year or what you want to hear more about. You can tweet at us on the app formerly known as Twitter, at BTR Productions, or you can leave us a comment uh, wherever you're watching this online. Of course, we'll have lots more movie news coming up for this year. Next week, we're going to bring you the anticipate with the movies we want to see in 2024, along with some of our favorites from last year. That's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including more news and movie reviews, visit our website, norestfortheweekendpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube, youtube.com slash getbehindtherabbit. I'd like to thank our sponsor, JMR Rentals. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.